college basketball enthusiast and overall good dude, David Locke, kind enough to join us. David, how are you? Hey, David. What a massive win by BYU last night. I mean, that's just a clutch overtime performance. Bounce back. That's terrific. I knew it. <laughs> hey, are you in the van down by the slopes? I'm in the van in Jackson, Wyoming. Oh, wow. Look at you. Oh, you're really taking this van to the limits. I was in Sun Valley, Idaho earlier this week. Jeez. I like it. Uh, What's the best? Where's the best snow right now? Probably Utah, actually. Snow in Sun Valley and the snow. Though I'll bet you it's all very similar. Um, We've moved into the March ski, which is that it got hot. And um, so, um, yeah, so it's got hot and it... uh, um, if you're not on the groomers, it's a little icy and crusty and not great, So, um, which is a bummer because Jackson's this mammoth awesome mountain, and I got a really good three hours in, but I kind of skied it, so now, it's, now I'm hanging out. You know, you and I grew up kind of by Sun Valley. It's kind of like in between us yeah. in our hometowns. Did you ever go to Sun Valley growing never. up? Never. I never did either. Not a, not even a thought. Yeah, it was never on our radar. Uh-uh. I had didn't know it was anything like, important until I found out Ashton Kutcher was there. It's yeah. It's like I've been lived in Utah for almost twenty years. I've never been to Moab. You've never well, been to Moab. Okay, well, that, we need to that's change that. Dumb. <laughs> well, I know I'm not. Like, I'm you not can pr- like go on I'm your not like proud so, of it. You can go on your like common man, you know, story there on Sun Valley, and I might be able to like understand that one. Like that's a fine story. Like. You can I'm not even... old Delco, Idaho, common oh, man. Okay. With my no, on no, my no, that's, that was not okay what you just did. That's a sensitive topic. We don't like to be named after the battery. And so oh. we get a little upset about <laughs> that. Oh, sorry. I never, I didn't know. I never heard you ever say that you were bothered by that. C's oh, before maybe L's. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I had heard that. You have before. heard that. Yeah. Oh, oops. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, so I get that. But not going to Moab, that's just, like, dumb. I know it's dumb. I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I'm just saying sometimes when you grow up and, you know, or you live in a place, you don't take advantage of the things that's very close to you. He, 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 that is true. That is true. And, and I, Like, there's I mean, nothing about, like, Sun Valley, you can, like, get on your high horse. The hotels are expensive. The food's ridiculous. And if you're not skiing and or golfing at some place, I got it. Like, what are you doing? There's nothing. You're not walking in. Your wallet's not the same when you walk in and out of Sun Valley, no matter what you try to do. Yeah, Moab, that's not the case. Like, we can be eating at like that old '50s diner on the backside of Moab, and we can be going on a hike during the day. Like, you know, you're staying at a Marriott. Like, it's all no, good. You know, David, we get out of the state a couple of times for a vacation every year, and every time I leave the state and I'm out of it, I'm like, huh, I wonder if this was the best idea, because it's we got a lot in this state. I'm, that, I'm thinking about you leaving the state for other snow, and it's I feel like you're you're wasting your time and cheating on this state's snow. Well, there were some other factors in my decisions, and I'll have the van so I can go places. And I like going places. <laughs> um, um, and my son's living in Jackson right now, so it really meant that my son said, oh, yeah, if you came out, I'd ski with you in the morning. And those dates are so – moments are so precious that I got in the van. So, Out of um, So, yeah. But with COVID, I sleep in the van. He sleeps in the he sleeps in the nice house. How's that work? <laughs> well, I don't know. You and that van are kind of tied at the hip now. So I mean, that's like that's like your house on wheels right now. It it is. It costs as much as my first house, probably too. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Is it, okay, my, I got to ask. My Midvale, Utah first house in 1994 might not have been six digits, right? I would be shocked if it was. Midvale in the early 90s? Yeah. I, I don't think my first – my van wasn't either, by the way. I just want to point that out, but I'm just trying to put them in the same pr- well, I will say, I will say that the, I will say that pimped out bachelor pad of a cabin you had, I guarantee cost you more than six figures. That was – that one – that was an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. That was an upgrade. I told you, well, no, you know the line that Jenny said about that cabin. Um, we visit? I'll pass yeah. on this conversation. Yeah. yeah. All right. With that, um, let's talk about uh, Ilyasova and uh, this potential signing. Obviously, it's not official, so we're just speculating at this point. But if the reports are, in fact, true, David, what does this mean and what do you – think a role for him would be like on this team so i think there's been two things we've all kind of talked about that you that we probably need as if you have any gaps one is you know some sort of breaking case of emergency wing defender right like right now i think one of the weaknesses we have is that we have one really good wing defender and then if there's two really good wing scorers on the other team it's a little hard to figure out who's taking the other matchup um so that's hard the second one is we just had no depth at the four, right? So, you know, and I, and I don't know what you determine who you determine our four is. I always think of our fours as Boyan and George, but I think truthfully we're probably playing George. Royce at the four, but we just didn't have any depth in that. If you think of Boyan and Royce playing 48 minutes together, which is the way I kind of see it, they, they don't, there's not a lot of depth, right? Had one of those guys gone down, it's probably the one spot Mia Oni's not able to go fill in for. So, this gives you a 36% career three-point shooter. Um, he actually had all sorts of injury problems, and but the last few years has been able to kind of chalk up plus 60 games seasons. Um, I think it was in 17-18 that he had a bunch of injury problems, and then both the last two years in Milwaukee, he seemed to get a bit uh, healthier. He's tough. Um, I think he brings you that. He's a pretty good rebounder, actually, for his minutes on the floor. He's always been kind of a high-end um rebounding right guy i mean not like not elite but like he's not well, boyan's particularly poor at it so um you know royce is our second leading rebounder we're a little we're a little despite the fact that we're kind of one of the top five defensive rebounding teams in the league it always feels like it's something that could do us causes a problem but i mean this is a guy's rebounding rate has been i think about 20 percent for most of his career which is okay um and then uh, that means that 20 percent of all defensive rebounds he grabs um, so, it's, you know, he's 33 years old. He's had all sorts of ankle problems. I actually, Justin Zanuck was his agent at one point in time, too. So it would make sense there's a tie in there as well. Um, uh, that's my kind of diarrhea of the mouth on Ursan Ilyasova. Sorry. I was just talking to Scotty about you know, watching uh, basketball players coming in and out with Quinn Snyder and what Quinn's doing offensively right now. And watching them increase in three-point production. Right now, Mike Conley shooting 42.2% through so far through this season, which is nearly 2%, or it is, yeah, nearly 2% better than any year he's had in his NBA career. And I'm wondering if Arison could come in and with the looks, the way the scheme sets up, um, and maybe some development, I wonder if he can get better and, and be more productive. I'm not going to. I'm not going to hold high hopes on that. 
Um, he's 33 years old. I, I don't expect him to change a lot. Um, Royce O'Neal does get the most open shots of, of anyone in the league. Um, and so maybe he'll get better looks. Um, I'm a believer in the nylon calculus, like what they did in their last 753s is what they're probably going to do in their next 753s. Um, just kind of fundamentally believe that that's accurate. So um, his last 753s are all hovering right on his career average at 36%. I, I'd be surprised if there's much variation there, but maybe – um, you know, we do get our guys good looks. I haven't looked at his shot chart in the sense of um, corner threes versus others. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not – I could be totally wrong on this, but pending an injury, I, I, I'm not sure that I see him playing a lot. Oh, okay. David Locke, I could be, right? I, could, I mean, I could, be, I could be off on that, but, um, yeah, I just think it's – like, I think we need two break – glass in case of emergency players um and Ilyasova would be one of them um i mean he played 15 minutes a night i think it was last year 16 yeah. minutes a night on a, on a really good milwaukee team so he's certainly capable of playing um but i don't i don't think he's coming in and taking george's minutes george's been really good the uh there is another potential for a roster spot with utah do you anticipate them doing anything with that I think we have to have a break class in case of emergency player okay. for defense purposes, don't you? Now, I, would, I don't know who I would that hope is. So, yeah. um, I don't know that that player exists. Um, so that would be, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I've run through rosters, tried to find that player, um, and, it, the, you know, Again, we've talked about this a million times, right? If you can play defense and you can shoot, you know what you are, right? Like you're an all-star. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you're not trying to find an elite-level breaking glass in case of emergency defensive player means he's also about a 25% three-point shooter if he's available. So you got to figure out how you're ever using that. And maybe our answer is not going to be that. Maybe our answer is going to be we outscore you. David, I was watching that All-Star game, watching Quinn Snyder coach Team LeBron and watching Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell participate in the three-point contest and out there, you know, of course, in the All-Star game and Rudy Gobert catching some alley-oops and, and playing overly aggressive defense when they don't want him to, but doing his thing. And I, I thought to myself, is, is this the most participation that the Utah Jazz have had in an All-Star game in quite some time? Is it? Well, we had the one other All-Star game with three players on it, right? Um so, um, I don't know. I don't think Frank or Jerry was head coach that year, so that would, in a sense, yeah. and then all those different. Yeah, so I would assume that that was about as active as we could be. Should be. We have the best record in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see the participation. How did you feel like things went uh, with the, the Jazz and, and them representing at the All-Star game? Um, Hans, tell me how the All-Star game was watching it. Well, I, I enjoy certain aspects of it. I mean, I, I don't mind the entertainment portion of guys stepping past the half-court line and launching threes. I, I guess it is what it is. I, don't, I like the, 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 the to 170 point. I don't mind that addition right, can to we the talk game. About that? Can we talk about it? we got to do it. Can we please yeah. do it? Just yeah, go ahead. All right. Elon scoring is the only way to do this. Okay. It makes the final shot interesting. Even in a blowout, it makes the final play exciting. Right now – when the Jazz are blowing everyone out by 20, 
What is the final seven minutes of a fan's experience of that game? There's no big cheering. They're leaving early. It's kind of, all right, we won. If you have Elam scoring, every single person stays in the building till the final shot. There's a huge cheer at the end where the fans are more excited than they would be otherwise. We're actually, from a broadcaster standpoint and a storytelling standpoint, we have a story to tell. We've had no story to tell in most of our fourth quarters this year. It's, like, not even interesting. But if you're like, no, all right, we're going to get to 25, you just get to 20, you get to 25. Like, oh, here it is, Donovan Mitchell. Hey, Jazz win. Like, you have a game-winning call every night. Like, there, it, it's like this is like a no-brainer. It doesn't ruin the integrity of the game. It doesn't lengthen the game. It doesn't do anything wrong. Like, it ha- brings in a whole new element of like, wow, first team ever down 13 heading into the fourth quarter with Elon scoring to win a game. Like, like it's great. It's just fundamentally great. There's absolutely nothing about the current system that's actually better than this. Just do it universally across the board. Integrate it. Make it a part of the league. It's way better. Every aspect of it. Like, I'm totally serious. I think this is like – the biggest no-brainer I've ever seen. Are like, you on? A, think, like, are you out on your own on this one, or is there any traction to this at all? I think there's got like I think I'm a little on my own because it's like feels so radical. But if anyone would just stop and think about it, like, like even if let's say it's not like right, so if the game's not close, it's totally un like it's so half the games in the NBA are like outside of five points by the time they finish it's a no brainer, right? Like that just makes it fun. Like, Oh wow. And even makes it fun. Like in that game where if it's an eight point game, like, wow, they're going to need two points before they get 10 or like even little fun things like, okay, you're three points away. Do you shoot for the three, like right away to win the ball game and lose your like rhythm. And all of a sudden now it's down to four, like, or do you just keep playing? Like, I think there's a bunch of, um, uh, you know, anyway, I mean, I think there's like a bunch of aspects of that now in a close game it's equally as exciting like could you imagine so the elon scoring's at 110 and it's 109 107 and you have mm-hmm. the ball yeah i think like that it's amazing a, a, right a, like you're a shooting a three great level yeah you're trying to make the three before that they can before they can you know do anything so that you know they don't get the ball again or you you know, and then all of a sudden you have like a brand new stat, which is like, how were you in game-winning possessions? Like, I mean, it's just, it's great. There's nothing, it's just great. Like, seriously, tell me where I'm wrong on this. Uh, the only way I could see you being wrong on this is if you're the play-by-play voice of the best defensive team in the NBA that doesn't allow teams to score, and you're five hours in, and the and you, you you're both trying to get to 110, and you're sitting at 74. That I mean, well, <laughs> I don't right, know how. I mean, what is it? What was their number? What was their number this year? After this, uh, I think you guys have probably picked this up. I've watched um, about as much college basketball as I do the NBA All Star Game. Um, <laughs> so, what was the scoring number this year? Like, what is it? What was their one seventy? Right, but so what were they at one forty when they entered the fourth quarter? Yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah, it was really close. Yeah, you to just. I mean, the, the the key number is you're setting a number. You're making a universal number, and there's just some math scientist geek that needs to figure out how long it takes on average to play a fourth quarter. And then here's my answer to this, by the way. Let's find out how long fourth quarters take in the NBA. Let's reduce that number by five to seven minutes, maybe more, because I think they're super long. And then let's 
find out with that math science geek how many points on average it takes to get to that point. Right? Okay. The only rule you have to change, because this has been such a good productive part, like the review in the final two minutes, we need to find a new definition of that. Oh, good. Okay, that's fine. Because the review in the final two minutes is enough, like, I mean, seriously, right? Yeah. That's not, like, a good part of the league. So i I really be curious. I mean, tweet me at, at DLock09 and tell me the problem with this. I think it's great. I think it's a no-brainer. Last year in the All-Star game was exciting. But even Dane's shot this year is kind of a good example of, like, how even in a blowout it's interesting, right? Like, everyone's talking about Dane's bomb to win the game. Well, how fun is that, right? Like, you know, like, and, you know, here's another one. You're up, you're up 15 right before you have to hit your number. Like, are you going, like, no offense to the G League bench units, but I didn't pay my money to see them play the play. Right? Like, I didn't really come to an NBA game to watch six minutes of Jarrell Brantley, Jawan Morgan, Azubuke, Mia Oni, and George Niang on the floor, or Shaq mm-hmm. Harrison. Like, not only mention George because he's been in that group all year. Right? But that's not truly, like, from an entertainment standpoint, that's not really, that's not my peak entertainment if I'm a ticket purchaser. It's true. But what is my peak entertainment is end of the game, high five with my son. Woohoo! That's the win right there, baby! Like, yeah, that's. Instead of, hey, let's go, it's, there's nothing much interesting here, and I need to get you home for homework. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're, like, le- you're probably leaving the game about the same time anyway. One's just after a win, and one's because there's it's a 20-point game and there's eight minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I really, like, I'm, I've actually been trying to I, – I've been going on – I went, like, to the top of the mountain, the most difficult – I've been trying to convince Ron of this all year. Like, if I can get Ron, then I think I can get people to believe. But I, I, I think this is actually no, bre- no, 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 no brainer. So, did you say you got Ron on board because he's no, the immov- he's the immovable object on stuff like this? Okay, Here, here's a, a tweet just came in that said you lose overtime. Um, I guess. So? Right. Like, is that that big a deal? Uh, I think the players would love that. And I actually NBA, think the load management would love it, too. NBA players would love it. You know, okay. it, 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 Overtimes are exci- exciting and fun, but they're extra mileage. I know the NFL would love to figure out a way to get rid of overtimes. Right. Uh, I don't hate this. I don't. I don't hate it. I love. I've loved it in the last two All Star games. I think it's been. I think this is the second year they've implemented yep. that. And I I loved it. And and you're right. Damian Lillard shot one step past half court to knock down 170 because it was sitting at 167, and that was a three point attempt from one step beyond the half court. It was fun, even though the game was well out of out of hand. It was interesting to see Steph Curry and Damian Lillard. Let's see who knocks down the final three and how they do it. Made it interesting. Well, David, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for your time. Revolutionizing the NBA one league rule change at a time. I like it. There's the man himself, David Locke, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. His conversations is always brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group.